revolution has to have humor to it. The vegan shitless are great. Fucking welcome. Bro, there's a whole, between like the white man's internet and media, there's a whole new element of entertainment that like car crash and cringe shit. I think that uh, comedy is kind of, I don't know, I, it has changed, I would say. Like we've gone from <clears throat> maybe like 80s, 90s. It was mostly the leading man who like gets all the women and all that and those are kind of where the jokes are being drawn from um and then i think like i actually it's all the way up to 2000s now it's more like a little bit more self-deprecating when it comes to humor and it's like can i make fun of myself enough to get the crowd to like can i win them over by making fun of myself enough so that they buy into the observations i'm about to make now i would say Maybe not even self-deprecation, but definitely, I you must feel like I I, I get you, I see your right. worldview, I get it. Whereas before, like the fact that an Andrew Dice Clay could have had a uh, very successful career on a hickory tickory dot, yes, makes me feel like time to change. What I was kind of saying, similar uh-huh. in the same vein, what we were talking about last night was like, <clears throat> I feel like with the direction of comedy and the landscape of comedy and how we're able to access it through, you know, different ways of media with social media and shit like that. I feel like the audience is slightly adjusting their palate, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say comedy is your your menu. You put these dishes together, put them out, the audience enjoys them, they eat it, yada, yada. They start to expect that type of cuisine, you know, with your comedy, that type of disposition. So I feel like with the nature of social media. It's like I'm buying into you uh-huh. as opposed to, like, I don't know. I think audiences are changing. In in one way, I, I'm of two minds. In, in one hand, I'm like, niggas suck as audiences <laughs> Because, and I'm using niggas in the general sense, <laughs> black people. <laughs> but it's that, like, like, people are a terrible fucking audience now. And I mean that for beyond comedy. Folks just don't even get the baseline of how, of what a joke is. And I'm not talking about cancel culture. I don't give a fuck. I'm talking about like on the baseline. The Oscars happened. There was a <clears throat> a whole part about Kristen Dur- uh, Durst, is her name? Dunst? Dunst. Yes. Yeah. Kristen Dunst is obviously a fucking like famous movie star white woman who ran the 90s and 2000s mm-hmm. and there was a whole joke in there about how no one knows who this white woman is and obviously that white woman was Kristen Dunst uh-huh. and on Twitter the, the whole next day it was just people talking about I didn't fucking understand why these people did not know who Kristen Dunst was and I was like that's the fuck that's the joke oh you top people are really stupid yes and I think so. Um, and uh, is Fran Lebowitz was talking about it. She said that like the sophistication that people used to take glee in trying to become a sophisticated mm. member of an audience, they would read up on the thing, they would go to the theater, they would like trying to engage with art, have book clubs in the in the house, mm. and it's like everybody was challenging themselves to be a little bit more bougie than the other person. She's like, obviously, it's not like completely the best thing but at least there was that desire but right. now it's almost sometimes race to the bottom least common den- I mean the, the 
lowest hanging fruit type stuff that folks are gravitating towards. Mm-hmm. And that's affecting the artists too because they're like, well, I do need your eyes on me in order for mm-hmm. my shit to pop. So maybe I should adjust and I should tweak and I should do this. So I think there's that. And then on the other hand, yeah, some audiences are a little bit more stupider, but I also <laughs> think that like, um, I don't know. I think I think maybe folks just don't get comedy, or comedy is also changing. There's more options, like Stephen was saying. Yeah, I think it's a good point. I think it's uh, my wheels are turning, but it feels like a convenience thing to me. Yes. Like if you look at the course of human history, it doesn't matter if you're talking about comedy, drama, music, getting food finding warmth we always acquiesce to the more convenient option and typically once we find more convenience we lose some kind of skill that we might have had before and i feel like in the context of an audience what's happening is it's almost like when you were a kid like you could you could bite into an apple that's fine but we like it when mom slices up the apple <laughs> and now that mom has sliced up the apple every time we want mom to slice up the apple because that makes our job a little bit easier and we don't have to spend as much time processing or like you get the smoothie and like oh shit i ain't got to chew i just get to sip it and it goes straight in and now that everything is so much more convenient from finding something that's particularly catered to entertain you because there are so many options and algorithm when you come across something that isn't a perfect fit it's not perfectly blended when mama didn't slice the apple just how you like it and she sliced it different now you think you're entitled to say this apple tastes like shit give me a new (laughs) apple but it's like nigga that is an apple you can figure out how to eat it chew it chew the mother you have teeth and so I feel like mentally, that's where people are at, where they're trying to digest really any kind of media, is they say, well, if it doesn't fit for me, then there's something wrong with that media. I would say that with like TV too. Um, like, it, I'm guilty of this. I've been a terrible TV critic. Like, you know, you, you go on Twitter and you're like, that episode was trash, as if that wasn't somebody's whole, like, fucking right. six months. Right. I'm just like, hey, that shit. You know? Right. <laughs> or like, that joke was trash. Like, right. if the person is not, you know, being bigoted and is not being offensive for no fucking reason, I actually think offensive humor can be funny. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it needs a purpose, right? right. Mm-hmm. So if the person's not being bigoted, the person's not being offensive, maybe this shit just not for you. Right. Which is okay. Which is okay. That's okay. But that's but this is another. Oh thing. shit! Ain't for you. This is another thing. For some reason, in our conditioning under this system, we tend. It's so weird. It's backwards because we tend to be way more vocal on the things that we hate mm-hmm. than the things that we appreciate. Mm-hmm. Right? Because there's, bro. There's a pot. There's a couple of different podcasts. And like I was telling Ryan, two of them, I don't even know what the hosts look like. And they've been running like an audio podcast for like five plus years, right? It's just an interesting show that I like to listen to. But I've never left a comment Mm -hmm. or any of their pages. Yeah, but you a fan. For real, for real. I would be upset if they stopped recording and putting out the show, right? Mm -hmm. So, but if you go to other people's shows or podcasts, the people who are leaving the most comments are the people who hate. Why do we? Show? Why do we love to hate so much? For some like we give hate, hate so much more easy. Like dude, I'm working on a bit about this where I, I think I did it at the beginning yesterday. But when I went to Asheville, I heard 
a guy go, fuck you nigger, like very loud, and he screamed it. I was like, whoa, this is fucking crazy. So I just got back from a trip from Asheville, uh, North Carolina. It's a place that I've never been before. If you've never been to Asheville, it's a very progressive white town, but it's also in the South. This is the place that we were at, okay? And on the last day, I had a great time there. The last day I was there, I was listening to music, and I said, you know what? I should take off my headphones, take in the city, hear everything. I sh two seconds after I took off my headphones, I heard, fuck you, nigger. That's what I heard, and I was like, oh, free material. Yes. Right? And I turned around, and I was like, Joe Rogan? And it, it wasn't Joe Rogan. It was Mitch McConnell. And... No, it was, it was a white guy, but he was, he was, he had yelled it at another white guy who was driving, who almost hit him, and I was high, so I was like, is this racism or is this progress? Because <laughs> he said it with a hard R, but he also said it with hate in his heart. But if white people hate white people as much as they hate black people, that's a quality? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to get to, like, equality the way we thought we were going to get there, right? Like, the way Martin Luther King wanted it was, like, equality with love everybody. That's not going to happen. There's too many different... But we could get there if we hate everybody. Like, the idea that it's so much easier for us to hate people, or not even hate necessarily, hate on people, than it is to, like, show folks love, I don't know. I think it's in the water. But it's like water fact. It's how we get down. The water is so, it's so much of hate in the water. It's so easier to hate than it is. But water is life. Telling, I'm telling you niggas right now, that's why I want socialism. Because if every nigga had something, then you couldn't fucking hate. Okay? Everybody. That's why they don't want to give us reparations. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, though. We always hate, though. We always find a way. We, we always find a fact that we're always going to find something. That's true. No, I don't, I don't, I don't I, fully think so. I mean, I feel like to this degree, no. I don't fully think so. I think if everyone had everything and they had constructive help to the uh -huh, best degree, uh -huh. no, you wouldn't have time to hate. Not like this. Not like hating. Hating is a business. Hating is 24-7, 365 people engage in hate. Bro, I'm talking the fact that people can have 30 different profiles, 30 different pages, bots Just a troll. engaging and trolling. Bro, this is he a He has money to it. But so hate has money to it because people are interested in purveying hate. Nah, but if there wasn't any money tied to it, then there wouldn't be incentive in creating it. Like, right. out, there's, the outrage there's, there's, culture. There's definitely material gain. The money. But, but the reason there's, there's, there's material glory, gain. Uh -huh. glory in hating. Yeah, but by that same logic, if we were just lived in a different place where if there was money in love, then that's what we would be doing. But the reason that there's money in hate is because people like to consume it. But they were, I mean. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the news used to be, here's what's happening. And then they realized if we sensationalize this shit and make it combative and make it divisive, we'll get more eyes on it. People will be more interested. Whereas if they realized that squirrel videos were gonna give them better ratings because that's what people want. You see what I'm saying? Like there's, it seems to me that in human society there's some kind of base carnal Evil is too strong a word. Yeah, we're 50% bad. There's like the aggression. has the ability to be like 
the highest possible good and the like lowest possible evil, right? Mm-hmm. I think we have that all in us. So I, I actually think the answer is right smack dab in the middle. All right, no fence sitting. That's the, what I'm I hate sorry, the most. Sorry, but That's it's what I true. Because <laughs> half of it is like the capitalism does reward the fact that you know if there's outrage culture or the fact that like which year was it? Twenty twenty one or. Yeah, 2021, all these fashion brands started coming out with shit that they had, H&M had a, a little boy as a monkey on a on a shirt. Or um, was it Balenciaga? Or no, it was Gucci that had the turtleneck, speaking of turtlenecks, that like flipped over with a Sambo mouth. Um, like I didn't know about these. Absolutely. So th- they understood to a certain extent that this is what a lot of folks were saying, that this, this had to be a little bit on purpose. Y'all needed to generate some quick like PR or just get your name out there and there's no such thing as bad publicity. So you just go on ahead and you put this thing out there and then you quickly retract. Um, one Nigerian um, makeup uh, fashion, like she's a makeup artist and, and fashionista or whatever, just got caught up because she came out with a candle line that she named after um, in, in Nigeria, like, we're dealing with police brutality, too. Um, so you can't even have locks in your hair because they'll arrest you and just your, your mama will never talk to you again type of shit. And so there's a, a chant that came out of that, like how folks were saying, I can't breathe over here. is Sorosoke, meaning speak up. So she put that shit on a candle. She knew niggas was going to be upset because they, like, police killed people for saying that thing. And she put it on a candle. And within six hours... There was an apology issued, and she was like, I'm so sorry. And niggas was like, you knew. Mm-hmm. You you knew. You had some inkling that that was not going to be a thing. So I think it's, it's half. Half is the fact that capitalism rewards it. There's money tied up in it. Um, like, that's why people hate watch, like, TV mm-hmm. shows and shit. Mm-hmm. It's, there's a whole whole like outrage is is money but on the other hand too i think people do have the capacity to love or to hate but hating is easier nah it's kind of like a mirror it's, it's like a mirror like the, your algorithm will only show you like what you want it to show you after a while so like both of them are are inextricably linked if you wanted puppies and kittens, like you were saying, your algorithm would show you that if you kept looking for puppies and kittens. Yeah, but I feel like it, it's what starts off, right? Like the impetus is usually not puppies and kittens, and that's what I'm curious uh, about, you know what I mean? I don't think individ- like human beings are like inherently bad. I, I believe we're better angels. I don't think so angels. either. I don't think so either. Yeah. Though I feel like there's definitely, like a boat has a rudder, and it helps, you know, steer it in the mm-hmm. direction, right? So I definitely feel like with the conditioning that we have and under the system of mistreatment, white supremacy, mm-hmm. we have cultivated not an inherent so-called, like, in man, but it's kind of a mesh. But it's kind of like a mix between, you know, the old nature nurture. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a both type of thing. It's like between conditioning, our environment has become harsher than it ought to be. And we treat each other and our behavior towards each other isn't what it ought to be. Mm-hmm. Only because of 
the conditionings that are at play. You know, so you our environment has become harsher psychologically. Both. Yeah. Every, in every way. In a concrete jungle. Yeah. In everywhere. We're surveilled more. Like, okay, I'll, I say, because I'm really vibing with what you're saying. It's like saying, oh, these niggas is acting like crabs in a barrel. Mm-hmm. But, like, niggas never ask, why was they in the barrel right. in the first place? Right. They're supposed to be in the ocean. Right. <laughs> so, we can judge whether crabs really are stingy motherfuckers right. when they're in the ocean. But right. in this barrel, I don't even know, man. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the same shit how that we define and, like, associate with pigs. Pigs are some of the, you know, dirtiest animals. Mm-hmm. But we haven't been the fucking pen where there's no fucking water or anything pigs are like really closely associated with hippos which fucking they clean themselves all day mm-hmm. so a wild pig a pig and a wild would be hella clean you know just because of their conditioning and how we you know place them in these pigs these pens would allow them to have this behavior that allows them to look very dirty you know engage in this very dirty behavior like even for us I think it's like the black community there's the hurdles of like us Remember when you were saying like a, there's like a negative deficit? What was that conversation we were having earlier? Oh, well, we was eating, well, we was eating some vegan salt yeah, food. Yeah, the oxtail. We earlier, we had vegan oxtail. We have vegan oxtail and vegan curry. Yeah. There's actually some in the fridge if you want to try some later. I will, I will. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, so we got some leftovers. Anyway, that was talking about, how do we get on that? We were talking about the idea, you were talking about how the civil rights movement got co-opted. Right. In terms of, yes, civil rights are a great idea for black people, mm-hmm. and black people are people, and also so are every other kind of people. And therefore, we should treat black people equally and every other kind of person equally, you know, women, like whatever other marginalized group we have. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that is if you if you succeeded, let's just let's pretend we live in a vacuum. If you succeed with treating everyone equally at that point in time, Mm then you're ignoring the negative deficit that in this case, black people have accumulated over the years. And just from a mathematical perspective, now we're treating everyone neutral, but this one group has been in the negative for Mm -hmm. literal centuries. So a negative plus a neutral is still the negative. Yes, which is why when people say we want colorblind uh, rulemaking or we want colorblind laws, you can't do that because as most law in this country will typically especially around policing and stuff Mm -hmm. will affect black people negatively that's just across the board of course across the board any new hate crime legislation any new anything always always affects black people like the most actually not just negatively the most Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's the debate between equality versus equity So equality being like we treat everybody the same, but equity is like we take into consideration where you all are into determining what you need. So like if if the um, if you got two kids, one needs a wheelchair, one does not, you're obviously not going to treat them both the same and expect the same outcome because one kid is going to need different. Um, services than the other kids would. Um, actually, let's even say it is one kid got glasses, one kid got a wheelchair. They're both technically disabled, mm-hmm. but it's very, very different disability. That's, that's perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're not gonna like the nigga without with the glasses might need a you know very different help from the nigga. Yeah, with the, just give the nigga some glasses and say be on your way. That's it. And you can't just give the nigga the whips. 
some glasses. Some glasses. <laughs> He's over here like, but I can see it. Now you gave me glasses, uh, and now I can't now see. Now I can't see. Now you double blinded me. <laughs> right. <laughs> that I couldn't walk for before. Exactly. Yeah. So now I definitely can't go. Mm-hmm. So to live in a truly colorblind society and to get rid of the idea of race, you first have to acknowledge it in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To get everyone equal. And once everyone is on the 20th floor, once everyone is on the 20th floor, now we can say, all right, race don't matter. And then my hypothesis is that one year after race doesn't matter, it's going to be like in Rick and Morty when they were like, the cone nipple people are the people. And they're like, no, it's the square nipple people. Like, we'll find something else. Like, what, I think so. what are you talking about? I don't know. I'm not familiar with what's going on with Nigeria and police brutality. Mm-hmm. What, what do you, what's the significance of, of dreadlocks, you said? Yeah. So, like, for instance, if you walk around with locks, mm-hmm. right, they just see you as, oh, this nigga is a scammer. Get him. Mm. Uh, if you have an iPhone, you're a scammer. If you have a laptop, you're a scammer. And Nigeria has a very, like, bustling tech ecosystem, mm-hmm. right? So now... You have dreads and a phone. If you got dreads, you a, phone a phone, and no a laptop... Dreads, you gotta be heading to the bar. You're going, you're going to jail. Oh, my God. So you got dreads, a phone, and a laptop. You're a scammer. That's crazy. You're absolutely a scammer. You're going to jail. And this is Nigeria we're talking about. So it's not like somebody can call Central Booking and confirm that you're there. Yeah. Like, they'll just grab you off of the street... Um, make up charges unless you are able to go to the ATM. The police will follow you to the ATM. Mm, shake and, you down. And shake you down. Um, so this was a thing where, and it's the anti-robbery squad. It was a specific squad within the Nigerian police that nationwide was doing this shit. And so there were, this story is kind of fucked up, but it, I think it helps like show the issue. A girl was in her third year or fourth year of medical school where they were working with cadavers. Mm-hmm. And she was a surgery resident, so they were showing like different things on the body. And she took a closer look at the cadaver, and it was her brother that had gone missing uh, a couple of years before that. So the police were part of like the human trafficking trade in her city. Mm-hmm. And she just passed out, woke up, and started crying. So, because, yeah, they, they had gotten that cadaver from the morgue. And dude didn't do nothing. He was, he was like, mm. in college, straight-A student, just one day went missing. And what they came to find out was that the cops had um, doctored up charges on him, or I think it was, like, the son of a rich man had gotten into trouble, but they didn't want to serve, he didn't want to serve the time, so they just grabbed somebody off the street to make mm. that person serve the time. So... Yeah, so in Nigeria, there was huge protests right around the time of the George Floyd protest, too. There's also been protests in Ethiopia. Like, black people across the world were just, for some across reason... Across the globe, yeah. Yeah, like, feeling the shit at the same time. We're going through some shit, yeah. So, in Nigeria, there was, like, a, almost like a final stand um, at this bridge that's, like, an iconic bridge. Almost like, say, they uh, young people, all in their 20s, shut down the Brooklyn Bridge, mm-hmm. right? And so, they... We're told, and it says it, like in the army's code of conduct, that if you have a Nigerian flag on you, they won't shoot because it's like a sign of peace. They shot. I didn't give a fuck. They shot, and they took the bodies. And so people are, are like, we know people died that day because I saw this shit on Instagram live. Mm. 
because my friends were at the protest. I shot, I saw them shoot people on Instagram Live. Till today, the army is still saying they didn't do anything. Oh, Nobody wow. died. They shut the lights off, so it was pandemonium. It was crazy. Oh, There's people God. who still don't know where their kids are and shit. Mm-hmm. So Sorosoke was the I can't breathe of the Nigerian and SARS movement. And so for her to take that shit and put it on a candle, it was like, yo, like, do not, it would be like putting I can't breathe on a candle. Mm-hmm. You know folks died that day. Mm-hmm. And you also, me and Nigerian Americans have an issue where they never want to speak up on anything related to black civil rights anywhere. And so it was just like, yeah, that was that was the bullshit. So the divide there, because mm-hmm. I mean, for the most part, everyone Nigerian is, is black and Nigerian, yes? For the most part, but it's different tribes. Okay. So, and is a certain tribe in charge of the police force and the, the military yep. force? Yep, yep, yep. They were left in charge by... That's the vestiges of colonialism. I would say it's even the same shit in America. Oh, it's like the HNIC right. type shit? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Same thing in America is the same thing in every other place where white people like put their hands and, in. Uh, kind of what I wanted to mention earlier when you were uh, speaking about like the race problem and like navigating what is... Because you were saying like if we were to solve it, you think that we'll go end up we would find another else. way yeah, to my point is, if, if we solved the race problem it would be good for it would be better for damn near every black person but then it's just going to be bad for some other group and we'll just instead of cross instead of slicing it horizontally we'll just slice it vertically no I don't believe so I think we will look at like, and I think we can approach it differently I think I'm thinking about two different things so one is like I think as we back away from racism I think we'll start seeing how corny it is and like how Basically, we don't want to practice it. Like, it's unfashionable. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's last year's outfit. Because then it becomes <laughs> like, we could have did the same thing with height. You know, because race is something like, we didn't choose to do. We didn't we didn't know what it was. Yeah, but, now that we're in it. but what if they were like, all right, everybody over six foot rule the world. And that's everybody under, under six foot ain't in charge. Can't say shit. And it's like, all right, everybody with brown eyes. You know, and I think as or this is I think what makes the race problem so sticky because we automatically think like, yeah, someone else is going to be in charge. I think we can also start the problem backwards at the solution as opposed to starting with the problem because we start with the problem and then it's like, well, then it's going to be black people in charge and then you're going to have black supremacy. That's not solving the race problem. I think what it is is what you're touching on is how. Dr. Millie Fuller describes it as like, all right, let's just start with justice. And especially if you're dealing with white people who don't want to talk about race, mm-hmm. all right, let's 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 take race off the table. Let's just talk about justice. Let's start from the, the back of the problem as opposed to, let's work backwards as mm-hmm. opposed to going, you know, from the top of it. And justice is like, all right, well, in this society, it hasn't, it's a kind of ambiguous. Mm-hmm. It hasn't fully been defined and that means there's no real measurement mm-hmm. to dictate when you have it, when it's been succeeded, and when it hasn't been. Justice is like uh, like porn. I forgot who said that. I think it, I think it was actually one of the Supreme Court justices a while ago when there was a case, and they were trying to, in order to rule on pornography. I know, I know it when I see it. Yeah. In order to rule on pornography, they first had to define pornography. Right. And then he's like, I, I, 
I know it when I see it. Yeah. yeah. And that was the Supreme Court justice that was saying that. Fuck you, Scalia. I hope you're in hell. <laughs> that's fucking, and that's and, real. And justice is the exact same way. It's like, we know it when we see it. I, and that's what it is under white supremacy. Because then when they're like, well, if it's white, then we can say that it's going to be justice here. But if it's not, then we can say that there's no justice to be served here. This is a dumb question. I've never pondered it. Fortunately, with your background, you can help me out. If we have laws, mm-hmm. then like, why, why are lawyers so necessary? Uh, because you can't read them. <laughs> to be very, like they they bury the shit in legalese and in procedure, so that the common man can't navigate the legal system. I, I say this to everybody who's asked me. Oh my god, like law school, you fucking did that. That shit was hard. No, it really wasn't. Um, anybody of even marginal competence can go to law school and be successful. I've had, yeah, I've had pointed toward appointed. <laughs> you can do it. Court appointed attorney. Attorneys. Uh, yeah, attorney. A lot of people can do the shit, but they bury it in legalese. They make it because, all right, it's not just, oh, I can read the law and I understand it. Because even if you understand the statute, say, for instance, you want to sue somebody, mm-hmm. um, you sue them. Or actually, somebody sues you. It's easier that way, right? Yeah. You won't even know that there's certain defenses you can plead mm-hmm. that automatically could cancel their case. But if you don't plead those defenses within 21 days, you can never plead them for the entirety of the case, and you're screwed. So that that's my point. Is it so strange to me? Because like, if you do want to define justice, I guess one metric could be, mm-hmm. well, justice is the laws that we've agreed upon as a society. If you break those laws, then certain penalties are doled out. And if you do not break those laws, then those penalties cannot be doled out. To me, justice is equity. Yeah, I will look at justice not based off of criminal activity, more so based off of health. Well, all right, that's like a separate conversation because what Mm -hmm. I was trying to get at with this one Mm -hmm. is if we do have rules that have been somewhat agreed upon, why is it that one lawyer can basically out-argue another lawyer? I guess that's what I'm getting at. Oh, because it depends on which story the arbiter, who it might be a judge or it might be a jury, Mm -hmm. believes. Because I have gone to court, um, I still, most people don't even know, for instance, that you can walk into any courthouse and watch any case. Uh Um, So even something like that is kept hidden in secret. But if you walk into any case, um, especially during like opening arguments, Uh it'll be the same set of facts. But if you hear how one dude spins it, one lawyer spins it versus how the other lawyer spins it, you would think you were talking about a completely different issue. So that's one. And then number two, um, just like what I was saying with defenses, right? If we use a criminal case, for instance, um, if you as the defense are able to get some stuff thrown out, like your client had guns and weed and whatever, Mm -hmm. the fact that maybe they were alone in the car or they were all with their boys, Mm -hmm. there was four people in the car, that gun was under the passenger seat and the weed was in the glove compartment. Mm-hmm. The driver could try and argue, hey, nah, that wasn't me, man. I, mm-hmm. I didn't control this part of the car. Uh-huh. So it, it just depends on what defense you're able to, like, story. Yeah, I guess that's the wild part to me is it is what I think a lot of us think tells it is a better story. from watching Law and Order, mm-hmm. which is crazy, which is like, all right, the law is the framework. 
but that that's just it. Like whoever has the more compelling story, whoever makes the better arguments for that jury. Yep. Is okay. That's that's what I thought it was. But that's then going it. back to what you were saying about justice, like how how would you define it? Yeah, I like um, the definition of you know those who need the most constructive help get that type of help. So it's like well, we're making the difference between someone in a wheelchair and someone who needs glasses. You know, it's like you need to give the particular type of help for each person, each individually. So certain people need more help, just by like the black community. Like we need different type of help than other people need mm-hmm. to get to a level of functionality that I think takes us out of the kind of prejudice that we may have that is extreme that goes into racism, you know? Mm-hmm. This nigga Dennis is calling. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. It really is like what a lot of people see justice as, a, or they would call it in this instance, fairness. Mm-hmm. Like what's fair in this situation? But sometimes fair is not the same across the board. Mm-hmm. But what's equitable, that's different. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for nobody's validation or respect. This shit was unique. It's like catching light, lightning in the bottle. This is great, man. The vegan chitlin circuit. Fucking welcome. Like the revolution has to have humor to it. Humor to it. Like catching light, lightning in the bottle. The vegan chitlin circuit. Fucking welcome.